1: Hello, Serie A fan. Pioli's on fire, and doesn't he just know it? The Rossoneri win their first Scudetto in 11 years as Zlatan goes full WWE. Roma prepare for European final, and Salernitana complete the great escape. We'll discuss all of that and round up the rest of the season in this episode of Scudetto. Hello and welcome to the show. The season is over. Milan have their 19th Scudetto. Fiorentina returned to European football. Salernitana have avoided the drop. And Cagliari will join Genoa and Venezia in Serie B next season. So much to discuss. But before we get into any of that, Boaz, good to speak to you on a totally non-related football front, because I suspect we might touch on the football. Uh, how are you doing and what have you been up to?
0: I'm doing great. Um, I've actually been struggling to... Uh understand that me not have one league and waking up in the morning and rubbing my eyes and thinking is it all a dream. <laughs> so it's been a great week, but I have to say that the previous couple of weeks were very stressful. So Yeah. Great together over the line.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I did say on a non football front, but I'll allow you it because uh I know how much torture you you were going through.
0: But also I'm I'm not gonna bore our listeners with uh, mindless chat about my my day job and stuff like that so life <laughs> life is fine but nothing too interesting to share in this forum
1: fair enough and do you have a, a beer for us on this forum
0: i've got something i've never tried before it's a o'hara's india pale ale and it says citrus peach and pine so it's right down our alley
1: mm, yeah yeah it is yours is much more interesting than mine i've i've gone for uh, a boring peroni Azzurro.
0: It's quite fitting for this pod.
1: Exactly. That's why I was. I just thought it'd be nice to finish off, finish off the season with uh, an Italian, an Italian classic.
0: This is quite special. You can actually taste the citrus, peach, and pine.
1: There you go. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. I hope you like those things. Right. Let's get onto the football buzz because you've obviously been been dying to speak about it. Milan Scudetto winners. It happened.
0: Yeah. It's, as I said, I'm struggling to digest the fact that it's actually happened. But, uh, overall, I would say with, um, obviously with Rossoneri tinted glasses, but I would say that it was deserved and that Milan played some fantastic football throughout the season and maybe were wronged by some decisions along the way, Mm -hmm. which, uh, another team might have capitulated. But, uh, as I said earlier, they got it over the line. And I think one of the memorable things about this victory is that the players are genuinely quite likable and, uh. Absolutely. there's a lot of, a lot of people in that team that came in with big prospects, but we didn't quite know if they'd make it and uh they've all proven to be potential superstars and there's other players that uh, Cal- comes to mind who've uh, exceeded the expectations by miles and uh have become integral to the side.
1: yeah and I mean just the the sheer spirit in that, that side that pioli's pioli's developed. Uh, is has really been quite something. You mentioned kind of the the blows along the way, some of which from uh, questionable decisions, goals that were chalked off for free kicks to be awarded to Milan, for example, come to mind.
0: But also, I mean, to avoid completely uh, turning this into a a ref uh, beatdown, it has to be said that Milan themselves failed to win games at home against the likes of Serenitana and kind of drops. Some silly points along the way, but at the same time, uh, this run in the last month and a half or so has been phenomenal. And they've really managed to build and build ever since that uh, last-minute Lazio win with Tonali scoring in the 92nd minute. And um, once the Inter dropped points against Genoa, it felt like the momentum was with Milan. I did say at the time that I thought both teams could well win all the games left in hand, and I was almost right in the sense that... uh, they won all the games except for Inter dropping points again in that game against Bologna which yeah, of course. um was a surprise to many but uh i think it's a testament to Serie A and maybe we'll get onto it later that sides like Bologna etc are battling throughout even when perhaps there's nothing left to fight for
1: yeah 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 absolutely uh, and you mentioned uh, Don Ali's goal there i think one of the kind of themes of Milan's season has been the the, the kind of bursting onto the scene of the the players that were, as you mentioned earlier, just, you know, bags of potential that weren't quite there yet. Um, Theo Hernandez, I think, obviously, last season already was uh, a, a bit of a beast, but Tonali, Leao, uh, and then, of course, uh, Mike Magnan being brought in this summer, uh, and Tomori as well. I mean, who have been the kind of key difference makers for you?
0: So, I think um, my a lot of uh, people who follow the league, myself included, felt that perhaps Milan's uh, side wasn't as good as, uh, say, Inter's or Juventus' even. But um, the, the players you've mentioned, in particular, grew and grew throughout the season. And it wouldn't be a far cry to say that uh, they are now close to, uh, maybe not superstar status, but that uh, star player status just below. And I think... Um, Unfortunately for Milan, but the, the player, the likes of Leo and Theo, will have a lot of um, suitors this summer, and uh, it's up to the club to show ambition and hold on to these players. But the spirit that's being built and kind of Pioli's, uh father-like approach to managing, I think, will make a lot of players happy to stay at Milan for a few years at least.
1: Yeah, and uh, obviously Tamari as well, being finally recognised with that call up to to the England squad. Then, uh, as far as I was reading today, it looks like he's going to be rewarded with, with a new contract. So hopefully that is a sign of uh, of what's to come because it would be really great to see what this team could really do if they actually you know, were part of a cycle, if they could kind of kick on from here for a couple of seasons at least before anyone kind of starts moving around.
0: And you mentioned tomorrow, there. I mean, his uh, social media output in the past few days has been really generally fun and it, it looks like he's literally very happy to have, like he's not faking it it's it's very real the way he's uh showing the showing uh emotion the way he's showing pictures of the celebrations you can tell he's really enjoying it and i think uh we said it in the past but the fact that he's picked up italian very quickly and the fact yeah. that he's really integrated well with the team is a real testament to a guy who is happy to leave his home country and uh kind of show ambition and You have to respect him for that.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, And not just picked up Italian, but, you know, really impressively how how quickly he's done it. Uh, I think we should probably speak about Inter because I I think even as a a Milan fan, you know, you will say that we do have to give them a lot of credit. They did push Milan all the way, but that Bologna result that you mentioned ultimately decided their, their fate. The the question I would have is after that Bologna result, given how f- you know how f- they were favourites really for the last sort of three or four months, how do they bounce back from this? How does Inzaghi pick them up from this?
0: I think that uh, picking them up per se won't be a problem because it, I feel that the team spirit in the intercamp is very strong, and in any other season they probably would have won this league. And you have to remember that right at the beginning of the season. Both Napoli and Milan went on these crazy runs and Inter were a little behind. They they dropped some yeah. points early on, much like Juventus. But in contrast with Juventus, they kind of pulled the the leaders back in and were leading for a few uh, game weeks. So Yeah. I think Inter's season overall is commendable and winning two trophies along the way, if you count the super cup. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I it, think we have to.
0: Yeah. It's just it's a minor trophy, but still it's something that's Great, but uh, maybe a little bit more luck, a little bit, uh, well, I'd say a little bit more luck. Uh, the Milanese, I has to say that there were a few questionable refereeing decisions in their favor in the season. But again, this is a podcast of celebrations, so let's not get into that. <laughs> Recruiting nations. But, but um, I think that they, they pushed Milan all the way and they did play some great football on the way in Zaghi. Improved Conte on Conte's play, although probably wasn't as effective as Conte. Yeah, ultimately, what something that has to be said, and we did, we have said it all for the season, is that a club that lost players of the, the likes of Lukaku yeah. and Hakimi, who were essentially star makers last season, mm-hmm. and also uh, Ericsson who perhaps wasn't such a regular starter, but was still is still a fantastic player. Uh, any club would suffer, but uh, Inter kind of pulled through and relied on a fantastic midfield and some great defense, and ultimately it wasn't their year. But I think if they look back on this, they'll be happy for what happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned those players that they lost last uh, season or last summer. There are stories that they're going to lose one of uh, Skriniar or Bastoni this summer, who presumably that is uh, the sacrifice for them having to, you know, very publicly, going to have to to balance the books a little bit, uh, even after the, the cash injection that they received earlier this year. Can they repeat this season, where they kind of lost those key players, but won the silverware as you mentioned, the Coppa Italia, the the Supercoppa, uh, and almost won the Scudetto? Do you think you you alluded to the fact they had a bad start to the season? Do you think if they hit the ground running, they've they've got another shot at this next year, or do you think Milan are going to kick on and Juve will? Uh, I mean, eventually Juve are going to be back there at the top, aren't they?
0: I mean, a huge factor in answering this question will, of course, be the summer mercato. Inter, as you said, will probably have to sell a player or two to balance the books. And uh, something that was quite impressive with uh, them at the beginning of this season was that they kind of concluded a lot of their business very early on in the season so that the new players were able to uh, join their teammates and understand Inzaghi's tactics very early on. I'd like to think that, uh, I mean, Inter are a very well organized side and I'd like to think they already have their targets for next season. And I mean, I think, uh, they've already signed, uh, Onana from Ajax as the, probably be the first goalkeeper because Andanovic, unfortunately, is getting on with the years. But, um, I would say that Inter locked, on, locked in for, uh, top four spots. And then it really depends how they strengthen and more importantly, who they lose.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'd, uh, I'd agree with that. Right, we'll we'll move on to speak about Roma now uh, because they've got the the Conference League final on Wednesday against Feyenoord coming up. Um, aside from those defeats against uh, Inter and Fiorentina, they, they've they been very, very impressive from around mid-January onwards, Boaz, I think they kind of go into this with bags of confidence, wouldn't you say? Yes, and I
0: think this cup run in particular has really strengthened the bond between the players, the manager, and the fans, it's kind of uh, revived uh, the Italian interest in European competition, let's say. Sadly for us, right now, the Champions League final, and possibly even the Europa League final, is a little bit far off. So to see um, a club make it to any final is nice, and Roma's attitude throughout this campaign, or rather, Roma's attitude once they were out of the group stages in this campaign, Mm -hmm. has been um, very good, and you can tell that Mourinho has set this as a goal. I generally hope that they win. And again, there's some real likable players in that side. And yeah. It'll be nice to see um, a, a Italian team win a trophy.
1: Yeah, and given Tammy Abraham's contribution, uh, I think the... Uh, am I right in in thinking he's the first English player, certainly in a while, to score more than 20 goals in, uh, in Serie A? Uh, it'd be nice to see him rewarded with, with some silverware as well as... Uh, I mean numerous numerous players that team Pellegrini as well and
0: you know you speak of uh, Abraham there and I think um, a parallel can be drawn with uh, Tomori because he's also professed his love for uh, Rome and the club and uh, he seems to have settled really well and this is at a time when apparently Arsenal are interested in him so we yeah. would be interested to see if he's uh, up for another season in, uh, in the, lo- the gorgeous capital or if he wants to go back to the hustle and bustle of the Premier League
1: yeah, and let's hope for City' as sake that that he is because he he has definitely been one of the one of the stars this season. Uh, I mean, talking about stars, not a, a stellar season in terms of their final placing. Uh, but yeah, if they were to win a European trophy, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But if they were to and qualify for European for uh, Europa League football, that would that would be a reasonable return. I
0: also I think it would be a realistic uh, return considering the size and the depth of um, the Roma squad.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, right, let's turn to the the bottom of the table because Salernitana, uh, who we, by all accounts, had, had written off earlier this season, was and I, I think we mentioned uh, a few weeks ago that it could just happen, they could just pull it off. Uh, what do you know? A seven-game unbeaten run, including a win over Fiorentina and a draw with Atalanta, Kind of ran out of steam to, uh, at the end. There, uh, we we won't mention the, the final result, but what an escape was!
0: Some managers, say Ancelotti, are European Cup um, specialists. Some managers, like Conte, are league specialists. And Davide Nicola is a Salvezza specialist. He's he's done it over and over again. And I was, I admit, I was one of the doubters when he was brought in in the winter. And uh, when Milan dropped points against them at home, I thought it was a disgrace. And I think I'm, I'm on record on this pod as saying that that club going down and to lose points <laughs> to them is ridiculous. To yeah. be fair, they did lose to Inter 5-0 like a week later or two weeks later. So I wasn't too far off. But that being said, that they went on a crazy run of results in the last few days. And I, be, I mean, it probably would have been a little bit nicer to end the season with a win or even a draw, you know, instead of a 4-0 mm-hmm. dropping at home. But uh, fortunately for them, results elsewhere went in their favor, and as we said, that, that crazy run of results where they they got, I believe, they for the first time in their history they won three A games in a row or something like that. That that was enough to take them over the line. David Nicola, who said that he would uh, go by foot to the Vatican, should uh, they manage to stay in Serie A. So I'm not I'm not sure. Maybe maybe when they went four nil down, he was thinking, well, at least I won't be doing that walk. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, boys, you're you're a a bit of a marathon man you're, yourself, or a half marathon man, I believe this year, as it was. Uh, would you fancy that pilgrimage to the Vatican?
0: I mean, providing—is it, is
1: it barefoot? Is that right?
0: I'm I'm not sure. I mean, even if he was doing it in the 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 best shoes ever, <laughs> was, it, it, it can't be. It can't be
1: barefoot. I must have just Im- invented that.
0: It's quite track. He's of course got previous in these kind of things. He's done. Uh, he did a bike ride from. To Turin at one point when he managed to avoid relegation there so he he's um he's an expert in weird uh endurance events
1: yeah apparently so right let's do what we're going to do this week slightly different we normally do a good week bad week but it seems a bit uh obsolete because uh, obviously you would imagine Milan good week being, being champions and uh probably the you
0: see this conspiracy the, every time there's <laughs> supposed to be a Milan award they take it away well
1: i'm yeah we're, we're going to do a quick fire good season bad season instead so i would imagine we've already spoken about Milan inter and uh, roma and i think on balance we probably have to say that between one tournament or, or another whether it's the europa conference league or uh, Serie A or coppa italia all of those have had uh, a good season so so there you have it boys Milan will i would say get a uh, not just a good week but a good season. Salernitana did what they had to probably uh, a, a satisfactory season and uh, it's, it's certainly a good second half to the season. Uh, let's talk about Napoli because it almost feels like a wasted opportunity for them uh, given you know where they were uh, a, a month or two before the the end of the season. But they're back in the Champions League, and I think you have to say that represents success for them, given the the preceding three seasons that they had, uh, in one of which they didn't even qualify for Europe. I personally think Spalletti has done a great job of returning a sense of belief to the club, and you spoke about the the spirit at Roma, and we've spoken about the spirit at Milan and Inter. I think you've really seen that at Napoli uh, as well. And can I just say that it's great to have Spalletti back with his. uh, crazy antics as a protagonist in, in Serie A. as if you had to give Napoli good season, bad season?
0: I would say that with hindsight, it was a good season, but at times it felt like it could have been more. And in a season where Juventus kind of uh, faltered and Inter ultimately didn't win, Napoli might be kicking themselves thinking that uh, lowly Milan ended up winning the league. This is also the, the last season of Insigne, so yeah perhaps it could have been uh nice to see him off with some sort of trophy, but at the same time Serie A has a very competitive league, especially at the top and to finish for it is um is is no easy matter
1: yeah a bittersweet season perhaps
0: as yeah. always uh, there's some wrangling between the coach and uh the owner and uh
1: when is there not in Napoli?
0: exactly I believe spalletti is going to stick around for at least another season, but uh it doesn't bode too well when the critique is coming in already before the end of the first season
1: yeah and of course there was the the players being sent into ritiro again but uh, actually I, I was very critical of it. it actually seemed to do the job they uh, performed pretty well uh, in the last last few games juve napoli's uh, historic rivals uh, another year zero next season buzz another rebuild uh, pogba and uh, angel di maria reportedly on their way in although We'll see how much of that is is paper talk, um, particularly with Pogba. Uh, I mean, Allegri might want to sugarcoat it, but it's been a, a disappointing season for Juve, really, hasn't it?
0: It's a disappointing season on many fronts. First of all, you have to look at uh, the previous two seasons, and or rather, the previous two incumbents in the job. sari lifted the trophy despite being quite disliked by the the club and the club hierarchy, and uh, Pirlo uh, lifted. Two trophies, much like Inzaghi, and yet he was uh, booed out of town. Now that we've seen the whole season with Allegri, the most striking difference for me is that at the very least, Pirlo's football was uh, yeah. somewhat positive and was trying to be, it was trying to be attractive. Yeah, whereas um, it didn't
1: always work
0: exactly. Whereas at times this season, um, Allegri's brand of football and I guess his idea of football has just been I wouldn't say negative, but very flat, very boring.
1: Yeah, and if you're not winning and you're playing that sort of football, I mean, what where, what where's the enjoyment for the fans? I guess. And
0: and we felt that the signing of Vlahovic might be some sort of um. Yeah, he's destroyed um, him. Yeah, it might have been a turning of the corner, and of course, Juventus did go on a mad run of I think there was fourteen victories in a row, but at no point during that uh, run did it feel like they were playing uh, champagne football or that they even had like yeah. a clear idea of what they were trying to do and. Blavic looks like a very lonely figure right now up front.
1: He does. He looks uh, deprived of of service, and I mean, he did kind of hit the ground running, but just, I just the joy just seemed to be sapped out of him. I guess.
0: I mean, the true test will be when um, Keza is back, because yeah, I think of course, Blavich and Keza know each other well from the Fiorentina days, but sure. other than that, they very much complement each other. But I do feel that um, even with the signings of players that are allegedly going to come in, they really need an injection of quality. And uh, I'm not sure that uh, re- doing that rebuild will be as easy as people seem to think it will be.
1: Yeah, I agree. Juve, bad season, I think, in summary. Talking of Sarri there, you, you mentioned him uh, in the the Juve segment there. Lazio, that was Sarri's first season uh, in charge. Tumultuous at times. Uh, again, obviously, uh, there was kind of disarray in in the squad um, at moments. But I think, I mean, U- Europa League qualification at the end of it all, finishing above Roma. Verdict, boys.
0: I think if you'd given Sari uh, fifth place uh, before the beginning of the season, he would have uh, bitten your hand off. But uh, as you said, it it was kind of a bittersweet season. There was a Derby Dar- loss, a Derby win, there was a lot of strange results and uh, at no point did it feel like Lazio were really going on a run of uh, games That being said, Saris football does take a little bit t- of time to, um, be- to get imprinted on the players' minds and possibly the transfers that came in didn't really suit his game, so um, I'd-, I'd imagine that should Lazio want to push on, and that's a big question mark, but if they were to choose to push on, they they would invest in players that are functional to Sally's idea of football. Yeah. Anyways, to answer your question, a good season.
1: Yeah, good season. I think, I think I'd think agree with that. Uh, the next one, I don't think there's going to be much debate about. Fiorentina, 40 points last season, 62 this season. Your man, Vinny Italian, has them back in Europe for the first time since 2016-2017 uh, season. Uh, it's got to be. I know they had that patch towards the end of the the season where everything seemed to go a bit uh, a bit crazy. But I mean, great great improvement. was good season, Fiorentina surely.
0: An improvement, particularly in in the style of football. I, mean, I hate to uh, sound like a football purist, but that seems to be all I'm talking about right now. But <laughs> last season, at times, Fiorentina's football was very defensive, very boring. Um, didn't make best use of their players. This season, Italianos come in with an idea of football that, yeah, at times you might get smashed 4-0, but at the same time, there's a a lot of um, action for the fans and a lot of really interesting uh, tactical ideas. So I'm definitely a big fan of Vinny Italian as a a man, and I generally like Fiorentina per se, so I'm happy to see them do Mm -hmm. well.
1: Yeah, and given what happened with the at the start of the season as well, um, without all kind of going awry, I think... I certainly kind of felt like here we go again, but yeah, I think I think a good season, and yeah, like like you, I'm a fan of Vincenzo uh, Italiano as well. Um, we're not going to go through every single team because I think that would that would take forever. We're not going to go through like in detail on every single team, but I mean, Atalanta just uh, I think is my my summary of their season. It's it's not been great. Uh, I mean. Yeah. What What can you really say? I think in some ways they've kind of been found out. Perhaps in some ways it's kind of really beginning to hit that lack of uh, Papu Gomez uh, of uh, Ilicic as well, who's uh, obviously for personal reasons been in and out of in and out of the team. And I think realistically, is not the player that he was a couple of, of seasons ago. Yeah. To to lose Gozins as well. Uh, so. I don't think Atalanta have really replaced those players yet. I'm I'm hoping that Gasperini has been given more time. Uh, there was talk, which I think is absolutely ludicrous, of him leaving in the summer, but it's been confirmed. Uh, Percassi confirmed that he's gonna gonna stay on. So, as uh, as someone who enjoys Atalanta, uh, I very much hope that they'll be back higher up the table next season. I, I think we have to say bad season for Atalanta.
0: Definitely bad season, uh, particularly given. The high expectations and yeah. the fact that at one point they were um, supposedly the the one club that were going to battle Inter for the championship. That being said, considering Atalanta's general history yeah. and yeah. and their standing in the game, I think that uh, the, like finishing in uh, the top half of the table is, is not too bad, going particularly after three seasons in the Champions League.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think historically speaking, good season, but given the, the last five years or so, bad You've season. You've been spoiled. Yeah, and they're going to be, um, I I think we had had Richard Hughes, the former Atalanta Primavera player, on the podcast uh, some time ago. And he was saying this isn't going to last forever. So, uh, you know, a little bit of perspective. uh, But yeah, I mean, it's the first time in in quite a while they'll be without European football. So certainly disappointing. Other clubs have benefited from uh, having a whole week to
0: prepare matches. So uh, who knows? Maybe. Maybe that's all Gus needed a little bit more time on the training ground with his men.
1: Perhaps, yeah. Although next season is going to be a very unusual one, obviously because of the interruption for for the World Cup. Uh, oh, the World Cup? I didn't, <laughs> didn't realize. It. Is that is that still happening? Yeah. Um more. Let's let's move on to to Verona. Tudor's first year in charge. Modest improvement on last season. Don't think we really need to say more than that, do we? Lots of what goals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fun but they were fun last season as well. Yeah. Torino, I think one of the one of the other greatly improved sides. They went from 17th place just kind of scraping safety 37 points to to 50 points and 10th 10th place. Yurich had that worrying rant about the project not having been what he was promised I think within about a week or two of taking mm-hmm. on the role. But I think a good season in the end, solid improvement on last season where they just obviously escaped uh, relegation. I'm not sure if you wanted to to add anything to that, but No, cool. And Sassuolo in eleventh. Obviously, they're still they're still a fun side, but they've not really reached the same heights as the as the Desarbi side. I would say again, like the like the Atalanta kind of summary. By historical standards, incredible season for Sassuolo. But given recent seasons, I would say bad season.
0: I have to say, we, um, I, I want to praise Udinese for... Or I did praise Udinese for their display against Serenitana, despite not really having much to play for. They went away and beat, beat them 4-0. And I want to praise Venezia for um, their nil nil battle against uh, Cagliari, who needed just one goal to stay in say, ah. But then you look at uh, the way Sassuolo went into that. Game against Milan, and yeah. to be honest, they they were it looked like they were already on the beach, and maybe they had already been on the beach for a few weeks because I I seem to remember they lost the game five one as well. So um maybe not the best season by uh, since one of the recent standards, but still an entertaining team.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, and you mentioned Udinese there, so I mean let's race through Udinese and Bologna, who kind of gives more of the same really, some big results, some upsets. Um, the quote-unquote not an easy place to go, but ultimately inconsistent, mid-table, not really much of an advance on recent seasons. Would you Would you agree?
0: Yeah, just happy to be at the party, not, not looking to pick up anyone there. Yeah, yeah.
1: A, a meh season. Not a good yeah. season or a bad season, just meh. Yeah. Right. Empoli in 14th gave a really good account of themselves in the first half of the season, kind of uh, disappeared with that that spell where they hadn't they didn't win a game from December until April I can't remember, but yeah I think on balance they've just come up good season that the the, the highest uh, finishing side of the the promoted sides uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go good season for Empoli good season good season and in contrast Samp they've gone backwards Boaz
0: yeah just um, really weird club and if it wasn't for Genoa being so dire I, I'd I'd be much uh, harsher on uh, Samp but I feel that particularly with them having a little bit of a pedigree and having won the league once you would think that they could push on and build a, a proper squad but they're managed by a clown and they don't really have much of uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry they are but uh, they, and they don't have and they used to be managed sport. by the
1: nicest man in the Italian football Claudio Ranieri yeah. So.
0: but yeah and he, he got a pretty average mid, mid-table uh, yeah. position whereas Samp Ninth, were yeah whereas Samp um, were almost battling relegation up until two match days ago. So, definitely a step back and a shame.
1: Yeah. Spezia, again, I think more of the same, but uh, still a good achievement for a club of their size to, to stay up, right?
0: It's a good achievement, but considering they've been uh, bought by an a American investment firm, you do expect them to push on. And uh, this season, it was quite close, and they almost sacked the manager mid-season and then suddenly decided to stick to him and, I feel that the project is misunderstood, and if had they gone down, they they could have ended up like a kind of farmer project. But mm. they've stayed up another yeah. year, and maybe it's a good uh, occasion to freshen up their
1: ideas. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, croutons as well. Obviously, they uh, they did actually back to back relegations after this year as well. So right, let's talk about. Cagliari, Genoa, and Venezia then, the three relegated sides. I personally am absolutely gutted to see Venezia go. I feel like they've been a breath of fresh air to Serie A. Uh, I think I said this on previous pods, but just everything about them, the way they conducted themselves on social media, seeing the the away fans traveling to, to the games on the boats, uh, I think they're going to be a real miss to, to Serie A. Uh, but the writing was on the wall for a while, I think. The Salernitana, I mean, Empoli had that great start to the season. Salernitana had the run at the end. Venezia just kind of fizzled fizzled out and ultimately very disappointing season. Uh, Boaz, thoughts on, on Venezia? Thoughts on Genoa? Cagliari, obviously, their, you know, not quite ever presence in, in Serie A, but two Serie A teams, you would have to say, being uh, relegated to Serie B.
0: For the past uh, two seasons, Cagliari has start, have started with... Uh stutter and uh whereas in the previous year they were able to pick up points later on in the season and uh, maybe rely on the new manager bounce or something like that but kind of pull through this season they they were just in the relegation zone or thereabouts throughout the whole season and they got rid of two managers along the way and Mm -hmm. there was the whole issue with Matsari who was fired for insulting the the president (laughs) and insulting some of the players and Overall, it it just doesn't. And then immediately
1: got a contract extension because it was in his.
0: (laughs) No, so that they fired him so that he wouldn't get this contract extension clause. But ultimately, it it just shows a club that is not quite sure what what they're what they're trying to do. And uh, ultimately, they paid for it on the on the pitch. Yeah. Regarding uh, Genoa, I mean, I've said this in the past, but they're kind of a nothing club. They 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 don't (sighs) do much. They they're just there and. They like uh, I mean one Sandoyo. of the
1: great historical clubs of uh, Italy. So I was going to say, Wars, yes.
0: like like Sampdoria, but more so they they have this pedigree, but they just can't seem to capitalize on their name. And even I mean the, the stadium is a little bit dated, but it's one of the great uh, Italian places to go to. And yet this season it's been manager after manager, and yes, Blessing did show some uh, good ideas. And if you remember, he went on that crazy run of draws but <laughs> yeah. ultimately it just wasn't good enough and not quite t-
1: record-breaking but almost record-breaking kind yeah. of draws
0: and there was times during the season where you felt maybe this is the point where they pulled themselves out of this mess but ultimately it, it was too little too late and uh, again I, I wonder what's what a club like that will do in CAB yeah
1: yeah who knows uh, who knows if they will bounce right back uh, certainly doesn't look promising uh, right, that's. I mean, that's. That's pretty much gone through every. We have gone through every every side in Serie. I um, don't think
0: we've ever mentioned every club. I don't think we have in one episode, so it's pretty good.
1: There you go. A uh, quick mention for the sides who will be joining the 17 remaining Serie A clubs: Lecce and Cremonese, obviously promoted from from Serie B, and the winner of Thursday's playoff game between Monza and uh, Pisa. Monza, whose uh, owner was. Uh, a certain owner was seen uh, celebrating the success of another club. Oh, not not sure how professional that is, but we'll we'll just park that there uh, and move on to the Azzurri, who take on Argentina in the Cup of Champions next Wednesday. The only international trophy bars taking place in 2022 that anybody really cares about. Is that so? Well, I I, I speak for myself. I, I use the word anybody, but. Uh, Certainly, speaking for myself there. Uh, right. We have come to that that point in the show where your, your theme tune introduces Keeping Up With the Italians.
0: So this is Keeping Up With the Italian Champions edition. So um, I'm going to try and keep it to people who have won things or achieved things. We'll start over in Germany, where Domenico Tedesco, who only took over midway through the season, guided RB Leipzig to the Champions League spot elsewhere. Gianluca Zori celebrates winning the Maltese Cup with Floriana FC. And Stefano Sandera went one better and won the league with Hibernians. Speaking of cups, Cristiano Bergodi lifted the Romanian Cup with Sefspi OSK. Alberto Brignoli and uh, Federico Maceda lifted the Greek Cup with Panathinaikos. My main man, Godberg Cooper, um, added the North Macedonian Cup to his uh, already hefty trophy cabinet. And... Uh, Pippo Falco and Cristiano Piccinini are now champions of Serbia with the with Red Star Belgrade. Self proclaimed international football coach uh, Vincenzo Alberto Anese won the I League in India for the second consecutive year. Uh, what else have I got? Captain Marco Micheletti scored the fastest goal ever in the admittedly young history of the next MLS Pro. Uh, he scored after nine seconds. And uh, a certain keeper, Gianluigi Domnauma, uh, was awarded Ligon's best keeper of the year, bizarrely, because I'm not sure he played all the games, but yeah. I guess that's things will run differently in France, apparently.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Thank you very much for that, Boaz. Uh, right. It is time for, I think, this season's final honorable and dishonorable mentions. And I'm going to start off with a goals honorable for Matteo Politano for Napoli's first goal in that 3-0 away win to to Spezia. Lovely solo effort, clinical finish to to top it off. Really worth watching. Uh, And I feel like this should be a double this week because we didn't record last week. We have to give Teo Hernandez an honourable mention for his box-to-box solo run. And uh, I can't remember who that was against. Uh, (laughs) BB. Yeah, Uh, against Atlanta, of course. Uh, Boaz, you've got you've got an honourable mention for, for goals of sorts.
0: Yeah, I mean, long-time listeners of the pod will have been worried that, that I didn't mention Turkey once on this episode, so I'm here to <laughs> swiftly remedy the situation.
1: We mentioned India, though.
0: Yeah, so um, Mario Balotelli scored a wonderful free kick versus Galatasaray uh, in the Turkish league in a game that his side went on to lose, but then he did one better by scoring five goals in the last game of the season. Including a delicious Rabona that made the rounds on social media, and of course, it's great to see Mario back in the limelight, albeit playing in a slightly lesser uh, league.
1: Mm. And uh, I think we have to mention the twenty stepovers that he did before that Rabona as well. Yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, beautiful. Right.
0: I mean, sorry, I'm gonna. This is one of my catchphrases, and if we ever do T-shirts, this will be one of the T-shirts. But. In a parallel universe, Mario Balotelli is going to lead uh, Italy to the Qatar World Cup.
1: Yeah. Oh, the, the, the what World Cup?
0: Yeah, in the parallel universe where that is happening.
1: Do you mean the Cup of Champions? or
0: Also. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, I've got an honorable for uh, Piali. I mean, wonderful to see him lifting Serie A, but it's not an, on- an honorable for that. It's for uh, in the final moments of that uh, Milan victory over Sassuolo, he uh, just decided to just let himself go. And uh, became a cheerleader for himself, leading the, the chants of Pioli's on fire to what has to be said was like a, a stadium that the Mapei was 80% full of uh, of Milan Unreal. fans. But um, just a very, very enjoyable watching uh, Pioli letting loose on the on the dance floor, leading, uh, leading those Pioli's on fire chants.
0: I also have to thank uh, Padre Pioli because the previous week in the game against Atalanta, the whole of San Siro was singing the Pioli's on Fire song. And I um, I uploaded the footage to uh, Twitter and went quite viral. So um, it's nice to feel a little bit popular for a change.
1: Yeah, there you go. Your moment in the limelight buzz and you're all to Stefano Pioli.
0: Yeah, Pioli's on Fire.
1: Right. You've got an honourable for Chiri Mabile.
0: Yeah, Ciri Mabile is uh, much maligned when he dons the... At but with Lazio, he's been unstoppable, and he's the first Italian ever to be ca- capocannoniere in Serie A in four different seasons. And uh, I think that's commendable in, in itself. But he's been also he's also been setting records for Lazio for the season, and in a season yeah. where, as we said, Lazio did pretty well. A lot of their um, points can be attributed can and should be attributed to him and to his hard
1: work. Yeah, absolutely. are here uh right i've got an honorable for for frank rebery for some video footage that emerged on social media and obviously made its way into the uh, the italian papers as well but he he essentially nicked it appears he nicked a kid's bike and then uh went on laps of the streets of salerno after salernitana stayed up singing pisha uh, you allo which is uh i mean it basically uh salernitano uh, till i die uh, but just absolutely fantastic in amongst the cars uh, on a on a kid's bicycle. Loved people it. just Loved walking
0: around it. him like it's completely yeah. normal. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I mean, some people taking their phones out to, to video it. Yeah, yeah but most but people yeah.
0: are just like, "Who's this grown man on a child <laughs> <Yeah>. bike?"
1: <laughs> it's great. It's a classic. Uh, but as an honorable mention for Udinese is Simone Pafundi.
0: Yeah, Kenny. If you want to feel old, I I will uh, lead you to uh, Simone Profundi's, uh transfer market or Wikipedia page, where you'll find out that the young lad was born in 2006, uh, when Italy won the, their last World Cup, and uh, Udinese threw him on in the last game of the season, making him, I believe, the youngest player ever to play in Serie.
1: Mm, there you go. As in the
0: youngest player by age, by date, not by age. I should add.
1: Oh, so the the only player to have been born after italy won the world yeah, cup yeah that's a
0: nice way to frame that,
1: it to the state has appeared in Syria. <laughs> that's no, a nice frame i like way it, it. I, like, I like i like that stat
0: uh,
1: right i've got an honorable for di Bala and i i really hope we see him in, in Syria next season uh, i still think it's a tragic uh, miscalculation by juve to to let him go especially if they're talking about bringing in with all due respect angel di maria to to replace him but for his tearful farewell to to Juve fan, fans after the 2-2 draw with Lazio and let's be forget that dibala was named Serie A player of the season uh, a couple of years ago just a fantastic talent and obviously didn't want to go uh, very emotional uh, for him not so much for me despite my uh, my, <laughs> my ramblings just now uh, but yeah just uh, honorable mention for paulo dibala for for all he's done for Serie and uh, really hope to see him continue in the league, even if uh, Boaz and in your worst, worst nightmares, he ends up at Inter.
0: Hopefully not, but I, like you, I'm a big fan of uh, Paulo DiBala, and I think there there were a lot of misunderstandings in the negotiation with Juventus, and possibly his agent, who's not actually an agent, or some story like that, could have been a little bit better by negotiating the contract, but at the same time, essentially, Juventus pulled the, the deal off the table, yeah. so Feels like um, they pulled the plug. I think he'll land on his feet, of course, but maybe he'll, he'll re- regret not uh, signing the first offer that was placed mm. on the table.
1: Perhaps, perhaps. He's hoping he doesn't. Uh Boaz, we're finishing off the season with an honourable mention for the king, Zlatan Ibrahimovic.
0: What can you say about the player of Zlatan's quality when he arrived uh, a few, a couple of seasons ago? He said that uh, he was there to bring Milan back to the scudetto and a lot of people kind of laughed at this uh this uh, him saying that particularly given that Milan had really had some terrible seasons in the build up but uh Zlatan's uh, sheer charisma uh, can be a lot of this uh league win can be attributed to Zlatan's sheer charisma even though he didn't feature on the field too much but this uh honorable is specifically to his rousing speech um after the scudetto <laughs> win where he um very spoke very eloquently, and he thanked every single uh, member of staff. And he he kind of uh, encouraged the players and said that their hard work and their their spirit brought them over the line. And, and then inexplicably, he, he <laughs> toppled the table over like it was some WWE video and, and Out of I, nowhere with no warning. Yeah, it just it was the most Latin thing ever, and uh, I loved it.
1: <laughs> it was great. It was fantastic. Yeah, I'm delighted that you've uh, you've included that in your honourable mentions because uh, it was uh, quite something.
0: And I mean, a slight aside is that when Zlatan was like, "Hey guys, I want to talk," the whole room went quiet, and he's like, "Calm down, guys, I'm not retiring," which was also <laughs> yeah. cracking me up. So yeah. overall, great. Encouraging speech to hear as well. Great comic timing from him. Yeah, comedic timing.
1: Absolutely perfect. Well, with that. We've uh yeah, come to the end of the, the season for, for Scudetta. So Boaz, I just wanna thank you first of all for for being here throughout. Uh I wanna thank Oscar as well. Uh, for, for not being here throughout. <laughs> for not being here <laughs> throughout, but for for being here for a large a large chunk of the season. Uh thanks to all of our, our listeners, the the guests that we have had on uh this season.
0: Allow me to go off script and just say Fortamina for once on this podcast, but <laughs> other than that uh, it's been a great season and uh, I do look forward to some of our plans for the next season perfect
1: and uh, yeah what little remains of it enjoy the Champions League final enjoy the the, the Cup of Champions enjoy the Serie B uh, playoff enjoy the football in <laughs>